Well, here we are. We made it. It is my first Sunday as your associate pastor. And I say we made it because if you know me and any of my journey, you know that it, takes, it took an entire community of faithful encouragers to get me here to this moment. And all they want to do now is to pour out my thanks and my praise to the Lord our God and to give thanks to you, my faith family. Today is the day across all United Methodist churches where when pastors new and not so new step into their pulpits of their appointed congregations. Friday, July 1st, was the official first day that we were pastor. And so waking up on Pastor Eve Thursday morning, I couldn't hold back the flow of grateful tears And my ever-steady husband reached over and held my hand. And I tried to squeak out, I just don't know what to say to them on Sunday. I'm too thankful for words. To which he replied, you tell them that I'm here to testify you are never at a loss for words. (laughs) But it is true this time. My deep gratitude for the Lord and for you finds me with tears clogging my throat and leaves me speechless. And so I will lean into what Pastor Mike has had us do the past couple of weeks when we haven't been able to find the words and turn to the Psalms. Psalm 30, the writer has poured out thanksgiving in a beautiful song of praise. Hear the word of the Lord in Psalm 30 from the message version. That is bugging me. Step forward. Okay. I give you all the credit, God. You got me out of that mess. You didn't let my foes gloat. God, my God, I yelled for help and you put me together. God, you pulled me out of the grave and gave me another chance at life when I was down and out. All you saints, sing your hearts out to God. Thank him to his face. He gets angry once in a while, but across a lifetime, there is only love. The nights of crying your eyes out give way to days of laughter. When things were going great, I crowed, I got it made. I'm God's favorite. He made me king of the mountain. Then you looked the other way, and I fell to pieces. I called out to you, God. I laid my case before you. Can you sell me for a profit when I'm dead? Auction me off at a cemetery yard sale? When I'm dust to dust, my songs and stories of you won't sell. So listen. And be kind. Help me out of this. You did it. You changed my wild lament into whirling dance. You ripped off my black morning band and decked me with wildflowers. I'm about to burst with song. I can't keep quiet about you, God. My God. I can't thank you enough. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you have been here all along, taking our struggles, our sorrows, and our joys, and weaving our lives into a beautiful story. Help us to pause this morning and consider where you have been at work for our good and your glory, that we may turn and sing praises to your name. Amen. Back to Pastor Eve morning and my conversation with my husband after I rolled my eyes at his comment about me never being at a loss for words. He gently asked the scripture passage that I would be using for this message. And I read him these words from Psalm 30. And he smiled at me. And he said, don't you see? Those are your words. That is your story. Tell it to them. And well, it is what new pastors do on their first Sundays. They introduce themselves to their congregation. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to share a little bit of my faith story. How I got to this moment. When I look back across the years of my life and acknowledge God's hand, I remember... My first introduction to Jesus was in my brownie troop. We made a Christmas ornament of a tiny plastic baby glued to a cotton ball in the half of a walnut shell bed. That day was the first time I remember hearing the name Jesus. And so it is wildly important to me that we here at Faith maintain healthy relationships with our scout troops because we just might be the first place those scouts hear the name Jesus. I didn't grow up going to church. My first introduction to the church was one summer Mrs. May Brock loaded up her Buick with all the neighborhood kids who would fit, and maybe a little extra, and drove us to vacation Bible school. It was there that I first sang, Father Abraham had many sons. I don't really remember much more than the cookies and Kool-Aid under the trees that hot summer day. Probably because I was slipping off to play with the babies in the nursery. Yes, I have always been me. But I do remember that the church was a safe place of kind and caring people. It is the reason that I hold fast to why VBS is an important outreach here at Faith because we just might be the first time that kids and their families learn that the church is a safe place of kind and caring people. And we do still have those volunteer slots. If anyone wants to be part of sharing the kindness of Jesus, and who knows, Maybe one day, one of those will grow up to be a pastor. I have a few touch points of the Lord active in my life in my teen years. Our high school choir director had us sing many Christ-centered songs for our concerts. Those songs intrigued me and caused me to wonder about Jesus. 
And I had a friend who let me borrow her Amy Grant cassettes. Those were little, never mind. Um, my heart connected with the lyrics. And I met a boy who asked me to marry him. It's not what you think. He had to have a wife for his family relations class final project. And so we had a lot of fun conversations working through the questions on how we thought we would handle married and family life. And we came to a question about religion. And after some lengthy discussion about how we would want to raise our pretend future family, we decided to begin attending the church where he and his family had gone when he was younger. And one Sunday night at that church, after watching a Billy Graham film, I walked the aisle to just as I am, gave my heart to Jesus, and was soon baptized. I still have that paper that we worked on together, by the way. And on the outside of the red folder, you can read where I had doodled my pretend married name, Mrs. Shauna Myron. I did marry that boy in that church. And then we moved to, into a place of our own that was far enough away from the church that going to church every Sunday became something that we did less and less. Our sons began arriving and arriving and arriving. And the Holy One who began a good work in me persisted into drawing me into relationship with him through his body of believers, I met a woman who invited me to church with her at St. Peter United Methodist. And our family and our faith grew over the next 10 years there. I became part of the ladies' Bible study and I taught preschool Sunday school. And I fell in love with Jesus and his word evermore. We had the opportunity to purchase a piece of land where we wanted to one day build a home for our family. And so we moved again, and we found a little church nearby that we soon learned didn't quite fit with what we had held true in our hearts about the grace of God. I cried out to the Lord to lead us, and he answered my plea in the entryway of an office depot. And that is where I met a friend from St. Peter who invited us to the Little Methodist Church in Grain Valley. And I felt like I had come home. That was in 2006, and Faith has been my church home ever since. Here's the part where I'm going to have trouble. It was the people of this Faith family that began to see in me the gifts and graces that God had given me, calling out the things that they saw in me that looked a little like the care and compassion of Jesus. His grace called me deeper still, and, I, and it birthed in me a desire for congregational care ministry. And I began making visits with some of our folks during their times in the hospital or rehab centers, in um, care facilities and in their homes. I longed for them to feel and remember the tender kindness of the Lord. We often read scripture and prayed together. 
I remember one time I was visiting Joyce Pugh over at Jackson Creek, and I brought a hymnal, and I sang to her. And then I asked her if she wanted me to sing some more, and even though her latest stroke had made conversation difficult, she said to me, clear as a bell, no. (laughs) But later on, when she was at home on hospice, She really did smile when I sang Jesus Loves Me to her. She was a dear friend to me, and she taught me many things about how to love those who live with suffering. There was a moment that only after time and reflection I would come to realize was a sacred moment that God was calling me to something more During a hospital visit over with one of our folks at St. Mary's Hospital, there was a code blue down the hallway in another room. And I know it might sound obvious, but it was the first time that I became fully aware that there were other people in the hospital besides my faith friends. There were people that the Lord loved who were in great suffering in those rooms. And my heart grew heavy for those who might not have someone to remind them of the tender kindness of the Lord. As I stepped into the elevator, I heard the Lord whisper in my heart, Who will take my comfort to these? And I wept in that elevator because I didn't know how to answer that question. I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't have a clue how to respond. And as quickly as the moment came, it left, and I continued on. The Lord is patient with us. About a year later, I was making a hospital visit over at Center Point with one of our people, and I had my Bible on the counter like I had been taught, because it kind of gets you into places sometimes. And I was asking for the room number of of one of our faith folks, and a gentleman in a suit walked by, and he stopped, and he turned back, and he said to me, can I ask what you're doing here today? And I said, oh, I'm just visiting someone from my church. And he handed me his business card. We can use more people like you around here. And I read his card. It said chaplain. Bless him. He did not know that I do not have any formal education. There is no possible way that I could be a chaplain. And so as I left the hospital that day, I threw his card away. Four days went by. Have you ever been hounded by the Holy Spirit? Well, I relented finally and called Human Resources and got in touch with that chaplain, which led me to a new three-month program down at Research Medical called Clinical Pastoral Orientation, which would give me some basics to become a volunteer chaplain over at Centerpoint. And while I was in that CPO class at Research, the supervisor of the postgraduate program, Clinical Pastoral Education, was sitting in his office nearby listening in on our class. And after we completed he invited me back to a full unit of CPE 
to which I kindly thanked him and let him know of my lack of education and that disqualified me from the program. But he was not convinced. And so I reluctantly accepted his invitation and promptly fell head over heels in love with chaplaincy. Love it as I did. CPE and chaplaincy is intensely challenging work. Some of you will remember the Sunday mornings that I would be crying in the church kitchen, having witnessed the things that I had seen. Heart-wrenching moments that had been entrusted to me. And just when I began to consider if my heart could endure such sacred and many times traumatic work, along came a worldwide pandemic that sent all of the hospital students and volunteers home. How does someone with a heart for ministry minister from home? Well, did you know that we have a very creative senior pastor? Pastor Mike encouraged and equipped our care team to learn to Zoom so that we can continue our meetings. And he divided the church directory alphabetically, and he supported us as we made weekly contact with you all. We called and we prayed. We sent emails and texts. We sent cards and did our very best to help us all feel connected like family until we could gather back together again. We shared drive-through communion over here in the drive, and we helped him hold outdoor worship services. It was then, I believe, that he invited me to offer the pastoral prayer each Saturday night in our back parking lot worship service, to which, by the way, I forgot how to say the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) So now I always write it down. It was then that he invited me to do that and eventually invited me to share a Sunday morning message. And I turned him down two, maybe three times before I realized that if I didn't say yes, he might not ever ask me again. And there was a tiny spark in me that wanted to try. And so I said yes to the Sunday after Christmas 2020, the 27th, because Worship was online, and it was just me and a phone camera alone in the sanctuary, and who would be watching after all those beautiful Christmas Eve services anyway? And I was surprised that I actually enjoyed it, especially the sermon preparation part and the study of Scripture and the conversation with the Lord. Pastor Mike invited me again, And again, and sometimes I would say yes, and sometimes I would say no way. And sometimes I would back out on him at the last moment. But he took it all with patient stride, extending me grace as the Lord continued his work in me. Come spring of 2021, our children's director here at Faith, Mrs. Katie, learned that her husband was offered a job on the coast and they would be moving Pastor Mike and our leadership council decided to transform that position into one that would raise up teams of leaders instead of having 
one person do ministry solo. They invited me on as staff to begin that team raising just as we were coming back together in person for worship. What I didn't realize at the time was that that position was the Lord's way of giving me a full immersion internship into pastoral ministry. And his invitations kept coming, the Lord's and Pastor Mike's. But I didn't recognize it most of the time, but you all did. The ways you came alongside me and affirmed God's call over me, time and time again, helping me to hear his voice. I really wouldn't be here today without you, without Pastor Mike, without my husband and my family. God often speaks to us through those who love us. We must be willing to listen to trust, and to say yes. If you haven't caught on by now, I'm consistently, painfully reluctant to listen and trust and say yes. I was slow to feel the Lord stir in me the desire to be back in hospital ministry. As intense as chaplaincy can be, there is something holy and beautiful about the way the Lord is intimately present with those who are suffering. I have seen him at work in those spaces in ways that I have yet to encounter anywhere else. The Lord is indeed close to the brokenhearted. And so just as I was warming up to the Lord's nudging of a second unit of CPE, this past winter, Pastor Mike came to me with word that he had already been in conversation with Leadership Council as well as with Mr. Ralph Pugh. They wanted to gift me with the funds to cover my cost of my unit from Joyce's Memorial Fund. After all, she was the one who taught me how to be a chaplain. This May, I completed my second unit of CPE and was hired by Research Medical as a PRN chaplain. And during this time, with a lot of tears and coaxing and prayer, I completed licensing school to become a licensed local pastor in the United Methodist Church, landing me here in this moment. And I will begin the course of study work in August. All of this is reason enough to sing praise to God, to pour out my thanks to him, for he has done great things in my life. But there is a reason that my husband called Psalm 30 my story. Woven throughout my life are seasons of the depths of the pit, of depression, paralyzing fear and doubt, falling to pieces and weeping that lasted longer than the night. I have spent time in the realm of the dead and felt that the Lord had hidden his face from me. I know the ache of tragic loss. And I have been held captive by an illness that left me wondering if I would ever stand on solid ground again. And yet, 
God drew me up, put me together, gave me another chance at life. He healed me, restored my joy, and has filled my days with laughter. He has turned my mourning into dancing, and I will burst with song, even if you, like Joyce, tell me no. And my husband is right, but just don't tell him. I am not at a loss for words. I cannot keep quiet about God, my God. I can't thank him enough. And you, thank you. My faith family, for all the ways that your love for Jesus overflows into my life and all the ways that you have heard his voice and said yes to him and have taught me how, for all the ways that you continue to create a place, a purpose, and a passion for me and for all people in Christ Jesus. Thank you.